0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.COM. That's B Y T E.COM. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. The Red Boss was (laughs) actually pregnant ladies and little kids better (laughs) get the hell out of the way. Because I am running. I'm just, I'm like, force gone, dude. I am running. So, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. I want you each to use ombudsman in a next week. I got
1: one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman for podcast. You like apples? Welcome into another edition of the JPP pod. We are a, a man down this week, but it, we're, we're missing LJ this week, Pops. But I think it'll be all right because we're going to do some NBA talk. And, you know, LJ loves getting into the weeds of uh, 2019 free agency and where Kevin Durant's going to go. And man, he's going to miss this. <laughs> I know he's he's just he's going to be so mad when he hears this and realizes he missed out on the NBA pod. But we'll get LJ back next week. But first, I just want to be I just want to ask you, Pops, how are you doing?
0: going on man i'm doing good it's cold it's been raining here it's kind of nasty weather but
1: you know you take what you can get yeah i'm almost to the point we we've had just it's been like 34 lj again speaking of lj he's probably listening to this with his like ten degree weather yeah. in Chicago, he's and got snow no pity, and he's probably he <laughs> rolling. no sympathy for <laughs> us at all. His his eyes are going to be sore. How much he's rolling his eyes at the beginning of this episode, but yeah, yeah, we <laughs> we have like thirty five degree weather here, and it's just raining. So like, it's not snow. It's not fun winter weather. It's just cold and wet. And nasty. It's
0: it's just not just, a good time. It's not a good time to be in our business either. If you're in the convenience store <laughs> gas business, you don't want to do anything but go to work and go home. That's it right now. Yeah,
1: I think that's all anybody's wanting to do. But uh, good thing about this weather was it let us sit at home, or for me at least, I sat at home a lot over the weekend and uh, watched. Um, it was a it was NBA All Star weekend and. I don't know. It's hard to – I'm not – I'm torn on whether I was happy with the weekend or if I was kind of like it seemed like a letdown. I'll, I'll just toss it over to you. What do you think? Did you catch any of NBA All-Star Weekend? Yeah, I did.
0: I got to uh, – was it Saturday night? We were kind of just messing around, and I had the dunk contest and the three-point shooting contest. I mean, who the hell is Joe Harris? I, I want to talk about him here in a little bit. Um <laughs> And then, uh, what is it, ha- Hamadou, who was the guy that won
1: the dunk contest? Hamadou Diallo. Man, I mean, yeah, Actually, did you know his, his senior year of high school, he, he was a senior when I think Zion was a junior. Mm-hmm. And Zion Williamson and him had a high school dunk contest. He lost to Zion Williamson. Hmm. But – well, that was the last time he was in a dunk contest. So that I, I, I wish I could have been at that one. That would probably would have been pretty impressive. Boy, no kidding. But I, you know,
0: and I, and I thought the game. I thought the game was was pretty interesting. I watched most of it. Looked like Giannis was definitely uh, looked like he was angling for the MVP uh, of the game and would have won it had his team won it. I think. Um, you know, wound up yeah. KD KD took the MVP home.
1: Quick quick question on Giannis. I know, like guys. Like certain players reach that first name basis, like Kevin Durant, or Kevin Durant, you call it Katie, but like LeBron is just LeBron, Michael is just Michael, Kobe's Kobe. Is Giannis has he reached first name basis or just that people don't like pronouncing and it's a Kumpo or whatever it is over and over again? Well,
0: exactly. You you took me where I was going, and I want to. <laughs> I want to. Here is the thing. Yes, he's he is that good, and will be for years. But it is hard to say his last name. So I mean, I just go Giannis, uh, obviously,
1: but or the Greek Freak. Yeah, it's Greek funny Greek. you hear that even with like sports analysts, they'll just call him Giannis or the Greek. freak. I want
0: to learn to say his last name. That's what I was going to get at, though, because he is such a player that's going to be here for a while. I'm I'm bound and determined to learn the correct pronunciation for his last name.
1: Well, you want me to teach you a little trick? Yeah, so it's a little trick in in, in the biz, and, and I've I've not ha- I've had one person tell me this way back in the day when I was interning somewhere. But if it's one of those tough names that a lot of people probably don't know, you just get as close as you can and just say it quick and don't hesitate. So I think it's Kumpo and just say that quick. Anitakumpo and people. And it's Well, see, you're putting a little two in there. I think it's just Anitakumpo. Like you kind I don't. I think you're saying it right, but that's the thing. Well. If you just say it quick, like Giannis Anitakumpo, and then keep going, people just even if you say it differently than someone else says it, they might. If you just say it confident, they're like. Oh, Lifford must be saying it right, so I'll just say it that way.
0: Well, our listeners will know that sometimes I put an extra syllable in a word and can't like like light, <laughs> like lightning, but um, but I am. I, There's a
1: throwback for for any of the long time listeners. That's right for any of you long timers.
0: But I will by the NBA finals by playoff time, if not next week, I will learn to say Antetokounmpo correctly. For that's a that's a problem. Uh,
1: Man, he was though. It, he was lighting. Well, let's just let's let's we'll get to the All Star Game in a second. Let's rewind back just a little bit. Okay. You mentioned let's let's go to Saturday night. One, do you have any interest, and in, did you even watch the Skills Challenge before the three point shootout? I,
0: you know, I had it on. We had some people over, and I had it on with the sound down, and I was a little interested in it, but but I was way more interested in the three point. You know, to get to that. So just briefly, is the answer to, m-
1: to me that's definitely, and maybe that's what the Skills Challenge is supposed to be. It's definitely just an appetizer. That's when you have, like, the, the 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 TV's not necessarily up. You're watching it, but you're not. Like, even the players, if you watch the guys, like, Luca was kind of jogging around a little bit, like, half-heartedly throwing up the half-court shot. Shoot, shout-out to Jason Tatum. Hit that half-court shot. That and that's what won it for him,
0: right? What was the deal? How did that end up? I didn't understand that last shot. What is the deal?
1: Well, so, what they do, here's the way it works, is they, they dribble down, they, they dribble, dribble through, through, like, an obstacle right. course, and then they have to make the pass into that little – that little thing, and I would say, I don't, I, I've not tried that, but I would just imagine that's a lot harder than sitting at home watching than that looks like. I think it'd be hard for me to throw a basketball in that. I'm, I would get it, I think, eventually, but it, I would definitely wouldn't get it. It, I wouldn't be shocked if it took me ten tries even to get that. See, I just think it's a little. harder I thought than I anything.
0: could do it easily, but seeing how many of them didn't just throw it right in there, you know, or some didn't. I don't know how many, but I thought it must be a little tougher than it looks.
1: I. I, and I don't know that for a fact. Like I said, I've not tried. I just feel like that's one of those things. Sitting at home, uh, you you might be like, "How come they can't get that?" And then I feel like I'm glad I'm not the one on camera because I would sit there and miss it like seven times while uh, so like the NBA player just does it once. But so they do that. They sh- they do that one time, then they dribble all the way down the court, do a layup, and that's supposed to that part of the the skills is supposed to like I guess help speed. So like Darren Fox is fast, so that would help him out. And then they come back down and they have to shoot a three and. I don't understand. I wanted that's I'm glad you brought this up. I don't understand why every single one of them doesn't try the half court shot because they're dribbling the ball and they shoot the ball, they're dribbling. If they miss that one, because you have to to finish it, you have to make that three pointer. But if you miss the three, then there's a rack of balls or a big bucket of balls right beside you and you pick them up and start shooting. So why wouldn't you throw that half court shot up? You're already going to run to three-point line. If you hit the half court, then you obviously you're over. If not, you're back there. You just pick a ball off the rack and you can kind of set your feet and shoot. I
0: don't see why you wouldn't shoot the half court every time So is it a timing thing? Is that what so Tatum hit that half court shot and his time was done, so he finished the course quicker than anybody? Is that how that worked? Well,
1: it's kind of timing, but really it's more like they do it they do it like a tournament style. So like two guys go against each other and whoever wins that challenge. So like I think De'Aaron Fox went against Trey Young and whoever wins that one goes on out. to the next okay. round. And Luca went against Jason Tatum, and he lost, so Tatum goes on. And then they just go, I think it was three rounds, and there's two at the final, and it was Jason Tatum to to win it. And he actually, interestingly, he threw that half-court shot up when the other guy was ahead of Tatum, because I think Tatum missed a pass or something, and the other guy missed the first three, and Tatum threw it from half-court and made it, and that's what won the game yeah. for him. So, uh, that 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 stuff's fun. That's kind of fun, but even you can tell – By the players, how they're doing it. Like, that's just kind of, they're just there because it's all star weekend. It's a reason to go. It's fun. Right. But it's not like when the three point shootout came on, that's when I kind of dial in because that's, that would be cool. To me, I'm so envious of those guys. Like, it's so fun just to watch how they just knock down three after three after three. I mean, I just love, like, you you talked about the one person who's fun to watch is Steph Curry. I just love his jumper. And I mean, everyone, everyone likes Steph Curry, but. Uh, you mentioned Joe Harris off the top, and that's who won the whole thing. And a lot of people probably like you are like, who the hell is Joe, Joe Harris? Harris? Yeah. The interesting story about Joe Harris, he was at the uh, Cavaliers when he first came and He's always been a three-point shooter, but he's at the Cavs with LeBron, and he was just a, a right, rode the bench. But he got hurt. I forget what it was. He had a bad injury, had to get surgery, maybe an ankle or something. And while he was hurt, they traded him to the Orlando Magic. It was last uh, during the trade deadline when the Magic were doing, or the Cavs were doing all those trades. If you remember, they basically reshuffled the whole roster at the deadline. And he was one of those guys. He went to the Magic. And a lot of times how trades work, especially for some of those bad teams, when they do a trade, it's just to try to get an asset like a pick or something. And then they buy out the guy or release the guy right after they get him. And that's what the Magic did. They released Joe Harris. And if you're Joe Harris, you're already a bench guy. Then you get released while you're hurt. I mean, for all he knew, he might not get back to the league. He's well, He went from playing with LeBron James to now he's a free agent and he's coming off a major surgery. We'll see if he gets back. And... Mm-hmm. Cool story. He went to Brooklyn and he's been lighting up, hitting threes, and has I think he is like second or third in three point percentage. And Brooklyn's just a fun story. They've been playing great all year, and then he goes to three point shootout. And I would say his stroke, we talk about just a, a pure stroke. He looked good. I mean, that thing just looked fluent. See, I didn't get to see him, Kev. I was
0: I was really paying attention for Curry and Dirk. I really wanted Dirk to show out. You know, of course. And did you see Dirk Airbald one? I didn't. I didn't get to see all of his his series. I think I don't even think he made the finals, did he? Or um, no, he didn't. Um, so I didn't get to see him much. And like I say, I was distracted. But I always thought that a guy like Dirk or Joe Harris, a bigger guy that can more set shot it, would have an advantage over a Steph who has to shoot, you know, jump a little bit to make it. Yeah, um, but. Well, Joe Harris did. Obviously, he beat it. he beat Steph. But
1: well, and that's why I think like Joe Harris is so good as opposed to and Steph's good too. But like you said, Steph does a lot of you know or Harden. If you think about Harden, he's a great three point shooter, but a lot of his are step backs and creating space where he jumps a little higher. And Joe Harris barely jumps. If you watch him, he like almost looks like he barely leaves the ground. It's the same little shot, mm-hmm. quick every time. Yeah. And I don't think they use as much energy. I think you'd be shocked. I've never done it, but if you shoot. Thirty balls in a row, or how is it? Twenty five balls in a row, just shot after shot after shot after shot after shot, shot. That does get a little, I would that would get tiring. Yeah. Just okay. jumping no over him. That's, and I do think Joe Harris barely jumping. That does conserve a little energy. Plus, it's the same thing, and I. I've only done it one time, and it's like when I'm in a gym by myself and there was a ball rack, I put this, the rack of balls beside me just to, like, when I was younger, try to emulate, be like, oh, this is me, a three-point <laughs> shootout type of thing. It's a little hard. Like, you have to, like, for what they're doing, they're picking up the ball, shooting it, and they're not watching the ball at all. As soon as they shoot it, they're looking down at the rack and shooting right. again. Like, they're never – so even when they miss it, like, usually if you miss a three, you kind of see how you missed it, where it hit the – like, if it hit the back of the rim a little strong, you know, to take a little off or, or whatever – they're barely looking at what that ball's doing once it hits. So it, it's just quick shooting. That's I I was going to ask you, what would you rather? Would you rather be able to just knock down three after three like a Steph Curry can, where it's just he can sit there and go to open gym and probably knock down 30 threes in a row easy? Or would you rather be able to dunk like Dennis Smith Jr. can or Hamid Diallo? Man, that's a tough question. Um, well, because off, off first thought, first thought, you just think, I want to jam because, because as to uh, – not I wouldn't say tall white guys here. Um we we haven't had a lot of dunking on um, ten feet goals well, in our time. I don't want to say what you did back in the day. No, but.
0: I only dunked at Bates Gym on about a nine foot goal, but um uh, but I <laughs> and dunk I did on that nine foot goal. But uh, now, probably because of my age and perspective, I'd rather have that three point shot. Because if I had a killer three point shot, I'd still be going up to the boys' club playing. You know, because it just just get left the ball. Just you know, somebody good yeah. on the old man. It'd be like old Hubbard. Remember old Hubbard would stand sit out there on the three point line. He was seventy years old what? and still could play. So. <laughs>
1: Well, that's what I was about to say. I mean, anybody who's done some pickup, uh, some pickup ball, there's that. There's you'll find that one older guy. He might be forty plus fifty, and he might not move around a lot. But by God, you better find him on three point line. He's just everybody wants to have him on his team because he's dangerous. Now, if you're real athletic, like you look at, I've seen guys go to the NBA. Like there's James White and David Noel. I'm rattling off these random names, but they're guys who just dunk really good. They don't last in the in the NBA. When you but Joe Harris. If you're forty percent from three, you're gonna last. You're gonna stick around for five years or so because what you, you need more than just athleticism to well, be really athleticism good. Athleticism
0: is the first to go. I mean, you know, that's just that that that's a thing with youth and your athleticism is the first to go. So if you have just a sweet stroke, you can keep that for till you're 70 in old Hubbard's case, you know. I mean, you really can.
1: Yeah. That being said, I uh I have heard like Vince Carter or other people talk about dunks and they'll talk about they jumped and then they realized that, like, they've thought about what they thought while they're in the air. And just the fact that these guys can think about what dunk they're going to do while they're in the air just blows my mind. I can't fathom that because there's not much time for me to no. think while I'm in there. By the time I've thought, I, my feet already quick. come back to the yeah. ground. Gravity's airtime. It's very
0: fast. It's, I don't need to sign up with the FAA or anything. It's really <laughs> quick.
1: Yeah. So, all right. Let's, speaking of dunk, let's talk about a little on the dunk contest. And I'll I'll just go to you. What you you you've watched some of the you remember the the good days when, you know, Jordan was in there, Neek was in there, and even Vince Carter going back to like to early two thousand. What what do you think about the dunk contest nowadays or in well, this I, past? What one?
0: stuck out to me out of this one and you've been seeing it for years is the the props. They're they're putting a lot more props in it. Yeah. We're used to it was just a you know, a rock the cradle behind the back dunk or throw it off the backboard and dunk or you know a lot of good stuff like this. I mean, now they're jumping over Shaq or or was it J Cole or an airplane? For God's sake, yeah. whatever. Um, you know, but I thought I thought some of them were pretty cool. I really did think that it, it was between. I don't know who it came down to. Dennis Smith Jr. and Hamadou. Say his last name Diallo. Yeah. You know those were my two Diallo. favorites. And I I don't did it come down to those two? Was it those two in the end? I can't remember.
1: Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Because John Collins didn't make it because he hit the plane when he jumped over, and Miles Bridges didn't. He didn't make a dunk one of the times, yeah. so he didn't make it to. The so next I round. mean, I,
0: I enjoyed the dunk contest for what it is. I don't think it's as you know. I maybe because of the nostalgia of the good old days. I liked it with Jordan and Nick and Vince Carter was amazing the year you know he took it. So it's Spud Webb for God's sake, Spud Webb at that, that time.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, I got a little bit, I'm not going to say a hot take because I'm definitely not the only one probably saying this. The dunk contest is actually, I would say it's better now than it was then. It's just the names are different, you know. The dunks you're actually seeing I think are better, but we're seeing Hamadou Diallo do it when we were seeing Vince Carter do it and Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilk. I mean, we were seeing the legends. Like If LeBron did that same dunk, that Dennis Smith Jr. where he jumped over J Cole, I bet that'd still be on loop right now on Sports Center as the top play. It's just we uh, don't even know who this Diallo. Like, I, I didn't. I'm a big follower of NBA, and I barely knew much. I didn't know anything about Diallo's game didn't really because I didn't know he contest. existed on the planet until
0: the dunk contest. You know, so
1: I mean, I remember him. I knew was at OKC, and he's done a couple. But like, the only time I've seen him is when he's been cutting and Westbrook hit him with a pass and he dunked, but it wasn't like anything crazy. I didn't realize he had that in his bag, like jumping over Shaq, which I was impressed with the jumping yeah. over Shaq and then sticking the hand in the ring. Yeah, that was pretty was. cool. Pulling his shirt apart to the Superman.
0: I mean, it was, it was, it was not completely uncool. It was all right. yeah.
1: And I think uh, Jordan and them had, they kind of, the, the thing is, is now Jordan at one point he jumped from the free throw line and dunked. Like that was the crazy dunk. That was a 50. That was crazy. If someone last on Saturday, if Dennis Smith Jr. would have jumped from the free throw and it dunked, we'd have kind it. of been like, Oh, yeah, that was okay. Yeah, we've seen it before. g like, they've done it all. Like it's just it's not as cool anymore. Like you almost have to like do a seven twenty or something insane to do something different. So that's why it's all about props now. And I thought they go sometimes a little too far with it, like the, the airplane. I was like, You're you're trying a little hard. I thought it was interesting, it was neat, like the Wright brothers replica, but It's just where they go now. uh, uh, Was it it Blake Griffin that
0: jumped over a Kia? You know when? Yeah, which was kind of cool because he was a a spokesperson for Kia, and Kia was like the the car of the NBA or something like that. You know that was pretty cool. So the props are cool. I still, you know what, Kevin, I'm still excited a little bit to see the dunk contest. So
1: yeah, I still. It always lets me down. I think I always build it up a little more, and it's always like the dunk contest is just it's okay, it's good, but it's never great. I always. They'll, they'll show like Vince Carter's dunk. I keep mentioning that one. They'll show that contest with him and McGrady and Steve Francis. And you always get nostalgic and you think, oh, okay, here we go, dunk contest. And it's it's just there's not a whole lot they can do that we haven't right. already seen. so, so many ways you can dunk I, the I ball. Guess I, get
0: I to, mean, just that's it. I,
1: I was going to also throw out there. Have you ever thought about I would be super hesitant to be like J. Cole to go like one, I guess sitting down is a little different. I, I assume Dennis Smith Jr. can jump over you. But what if like. Or even if you're Dennis Smith Jr., what if he accidentally, like a, an errant foot, just kicked J. Cole right in the face? I mean, what if you kicked? I mean, I just would worry a little bit that I might get like they they called uh, Shaq up and then D Wade up for that one. I just always wonder when they're a little bit tall, like what if they screw right. up just a little and all of a sudden you might I'm be right.
0: Through. And you saw Shaq kind of back up whenever uh, Diallo, you know, started. Really, yeah. But all that said, if I'm in that stadium and and Diallo or something says, hey, man, would you come sit in this chair and throw the ball up while I jump over you? would be like, no, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm getting it. up. I'm getting. <laughs> Hold on, I'm coming. So yeah. I'd do it for sure.
1: All right. And then on to the, the next night, we got the All-Star game itself. And you said, I, I thought this year it was a little bit, I, I don't know, not a letdown because I enjoyed it. But last year you saw with the drafting and stuff, there was a little bit more trash talk. And I thought they played a little harder last year. It seemed like for the three quarter for the first three quarters they went back to the there was like no yeah, defense none. whatsoever and I I with that being said I still enjoyed it. What did you think about the All Star game? No, I did. did. Like I it?
0: enjoyed it and I, I you know I haven't seen the last few All Star games. It's kind of weird and and uh, we'll talk about maybe the better you know the, the best All Star games to see. I like. The NBA All Star Weekend, but for some reason I just seem to be busy and and miss a lot of it. So I enjoyed it last night. You know, like the deal where uh, where Steph Curry bounced the pass to uh, was it was it? At the yeah, to Giannis. <laughs> there you go. How about that? And uh, I mean, it was kind of cool. You know, I didn't know if the ball was going to get down quick enough for Giannis to grab it, but it did. Right. You know, <laughs> he was but in there with that long ass arm waiting on the ball. But see, I love that. I mean, I want them to just go out there and have fun and just show out, and and so I was, I was, I enjoyed it very much uh, personally.
1: Well, that's the thing. Even when they're not, uh, like, it's one thing when a football player when they don't really hit and there's, like, there's no tackling really. And no blocking, like that kind of diminishing game. Part of football is the the gladiatorness, and that's been diminishing a little bit nowadays with CT and stuff. But part of football is the gladiator mentality and the hitting and the physicality. And basketball, even when you take that physicality out, you still get to see amazing feats of athleticism, whether it be that, like you said, that Giannis oop from Steph Curry or the long three-pointers where it switches in. Like even the nostalgic moments where we saw Dirk, I mean, for me personally, Seeing Dirk hit those three threes in the first quarter. You know, that was great. was awesome. That was I love every second of it.
0: You know, Dirk, I mean, could you see, he kind of had that shitty grin on his face. I mean, he was pretty proud of himself, and I was too. I was happy for him, very happy for him.
1: I thought Adam Silver, and actually uh, he said he got the – he saw it from like I, – I guess he actually checks this. Adam Silver made the decision, the commissioner of the NBA made the decision to bring in like specialty picks, and he put in D. Wade and, and Dirk who – Rightfully so, weren't voted in and weren't. They're not all. They're not having all star year. They're on the very tail end of their careers. Clearly, if you watch, sometimes watching Dirk run up the court hurts my knees a little bit. <laughs> yes, me too.
0: <laughs> Even in the all star game, I thought, oh my yeah. god, it's tough to watch him run.
1: So him and D Wade probably shouldn't have been in, but the fact that he put him in that was a really cool moment. It was a little send off, and then Dirk and D Wade's like them talking about just soaking it all up. And it was interesting. Someone asked Silver what why he chose to do it. And he said that he was got he actually noted he gave credit to an email from a fan. Apparently there's a spot on nba.com where you can email the commissioner and I think I'm sure he does not he doesn't actually read them but someone reads them or like they pay some intern or something. But the fact that that actually gets read that's pretty cool and shout out to whatever fan threw that out there. Well, I think it was a great
0: idea too. I mean like you said surely it's obvious they're not having all-star years but I'm telling you Dirk is in the top five, stretch four or fives, whatever you want to call him, of all time, and and I Dwayne Wade is in the top four or five two guards of all time.
1: Oh yeah, five. definitely, yeah, I'd say so. I
0: mean, maybe Dirk might be a little stretch because the game's going that way now. So you're seeing more people come in with some of Dirk's type of skills, but D Wade is top five at at the, at the two spot.
1: For all time, yeah. I mean, you you rattle off, you rattle off like Jordan D or Jordan Kobe, and then I think then it comes up to conversation. You can argue D Wade's three, even. I, I, Absolutely, there's some, there's some names, but top five, yeah. And I think that's why it was so cool. There's the nostalgic moments, like between Twitter went nuts. It wasn't just like, of course, Maverick fans and a lot of Maverick fans I follow. We're just loving Dirk hit those threes but just fans of the NBA in general just to see a guy you've been watching him for 19 years now and he's still one thing that doesn't get old is seeing that three ball just that high arcing three go through the net. And then D-Wade's moment where it was perfect moment where he threw the alley-oop to LeBron off the glass mm-hmm. and it was almost identical to the uh, alley-oop that he in Miami it's like their their famous play in Miami where D-Wade throws the alley-oop off the glass and then even I don't know if he knows the cameras, there, but he looks over to the crowd and like shrugs as he's looking at the camera. And it's like there's a still picture, maybe the best NBA picture of all time. D. Wade shrugging while LeBron is catching the ball with one hand before he dunks it <laughs> to dunk in it. the background. It is awesome. And it was cool. I saw someone and it went around on Twitter. Uh, someone juxtaposed the two images together and it was the original one and the last one. And it was funny. It was like the first one, D. Wade didn't look back because he knew this would happen many times. And the second one on this on All Star Weekend, there's a picture, and D Wade is clearly looking back at LeBron, and it wasn't to make sure LeBron's going to catch it because he knows the freak that LeBron is. (laughs) He's going to catch it. It was just, it was almost like he was taking a mental screenshot. This is this this is it. This is the last time I'm going to get to see this this image. It was just a cool moment. It
0: it was very cool, and I, I saw him interview, you know, LeBron and D Wade a little bit early on, and and you know just. D Wade knowing this is his last year, and and he and Dirk both have been model citizens. I mean, good guys. I don't remember. Great. D Wade great for Miami. Dirk great for Dallas. I don't remember any really thing negative about them. They've held their, you know, they've they've just uh, uh, been very honorable, had a lot of integrity, played the game absolutely to the best of their ability for a number of years. I think they're two ambassadors, icons of the game.
1: Speaking of Dirk's threes, did you see? And I don't. It's interesting. There's a video floating around on Twitter, and and if you caught it Saturday, uh, Saturday, Sunday night after one of D Wade's, I think it was his third three. Like every, you know, both benches were just loving it. They were cracking hmm. up. Every like people came off the bench to high five Dirk, and LeBron even ran off the bench to come high five Dirk. And it looks as if. Dirk looks at LeBron and then looks away and walks off. Makes no effort to high five LeBron, and LeBron like kind of walks back to the bench. It, I I don't know if it was intended or not, but there there is some beef that go that dates back to when in the 2011 Finals when Dirk. I don't know if you remember, there was a game where Dirk was supposedly sick. He didn't say that he was sick, but there was like reports that he had the flu, and like during the pregame media thing. LeBron and D-Wade like joked around and coughed. I like, did some fake coughs like, oh, oh, we're sick. Oh, we're sick for the game. And I, there's a little bit of animosity between LeBron, uh, Dirk and that team. Well, now he got over D-Wade, right? It
0: looks like he and D-Wade got over the thing.
1: Well, him and D-Wade did a jersey, jersey swap. Right. Actually, just recently, like a week ago. But I heard uh, Dirk talk about this. I think it was on the Zach Lowe podcast. It was on a recent podcast somewhere, but Dirk was talking about it. And Dirk and D-Wade definitely had some animosity towards each other. Uh-huh. And most of it, I think it stemmed from 2006 where he was just, Dirk was upset at losing to D-Wade. And then that moment where D-Wade faked the cough or whatever. But I think Dirk kind of got over it, one, because he does realize him and D- this jersey shop swap is, like you said, those two iconic players. It's a moment for NBA fans. But I think that kind of shows there – Dirk's been like – he doesn't hold any – it doesn't seem like a guy that would hold grudges. But I do think there's a little bit in there where Dirk's like, yeah, MFR, I beat you in 2011. You remember that?
0: <laughs> well, good. Good for Dirk. I mean, he he. I, you know what? He's going to have to stand up and fight because I don't think Dirk could outrun me right
1: now. <laughs>
0: yeah, this Poor fella.
1: Mm. Um, On the All-Star game, I was going to mention – Uh, one, it just cracked me up. Kevin Durant wins all-star MVP really came up big toward down the stretch hitting a bunch of threes, but still even like he just can't get out of, I think it's another reason why Durant's going to leave the Warriors probably because he, he still can't get out of Steph Curry's shadow. We're still talking about Steph Curry's alley to Giannis and Steph Curry's four point play and KD one F an MVP. He yeah, just can't get out of Curry's here's shadow. Here's the
0: thing. If you're, you can't worry about being in Steph Curry's shadow a little bit. I mean, Steph Curry is – I mean, he's just a great guy. He's fun. He's fun to be around. We're, you know, come on. If if that bothers you, that's your problem.
1: We're talking about the same guy that made burner Twitter accounts so he could reply back to random fans on Twitter. Yeah. He obviously shouldn't worry about a lot of things that he does. So. Yes, that's a
0: good point. Good point.
1: I just thought that was interesting. And then the other thing I thought was interesting – I think I think Kawhi Leonard is a great player. He is not made for the, his game is just not made for the All Star game. Like LeBron can make all these flashy dunks, Curry can do like the dribble moves and threes, Kyrie's crazy finishes, Westbrook even has some flashiness. Kawhi is just he at one point he drove in and did like a, a hard layup and like even the players looked around. him like, what are you doing? This isn't an NBA game. This is the All Star game. You're supposed to be showing fa-. like Kawhi just doesn't have anything fancy about his game, which. Makes him great and makes him a good player. He's very fundamentally sound, but just there's nothing like flashy about what Kawhi does. He's just going to get you 28 rebounds, 8 assists, lock up defense. It just cracked me up. You know, I'll take that, though. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, I want him on my team, right, no doubt. Right, right. right. I know what you're saying. Just, <laughs> yeah, mm. I just thought that was good. I like All-Star Weekend. I thought the All-Star Game was good. I'll go on a limb and I will see if you agree. I think – NBA All-Star Game is the best All-Star Game of all sports and all, All-Star Weekends of all sports. What, what do you think? What's I completely
0: agree with you. Um, I mean, I will uh, – well, I'll, I'll watch MLB a little bit of its own, very little bit, you know, and I'm not the biggest baseball fan. The Pro Bowl, if I just have nothing else to do, I'll watch the Pro Bowl just to kind of see the guys acting up, cutting up. Um, and, and obviously I mentioned earlier that I've missed several NBA all-star weekends, but I mean, with the three point thing, the dunk contest, the, what is it? The up and comers game that I think Doncic played in.
1: Um,
0: and and then finally the all-star game. I think it is the best all-star weekend because you can see the, the guys, except for Kawhi Leonard, who, as you mentioned, but, you know, kind of just showing off their skills and everybody's just kind of having a good time. They do buckle down a little bit in the fourth quarter and try to win. And, and, you know, I was going to ask you, is that there is a money thing, right? The the winning team gets a little more than there
1: is the- an incentive. I think there's like a, a million dollar incentive or something. Adam Silver upped the incentive to the winners get a little paid, get paid more than they used well, to. Well, it didn't have to
0: be a big paycheck, though, to get those guys' attention. You know, what, an extra hundred thousand, even? Yeah. You know, some of those guys might. Would try for that, but shoot, that doesn't mean anything to Curry, LeBron, KD. Well, that's
1: what I think they they talked about during the... You mentioned the Rising Stars Challenge and Kyle Kuzma won MVP in that game. And after the game, they asked Kyle Kuzma about it and he was like, yeah, I was going for the MVP. There's a... I forget what the number was. He was like, there's a $35,000 bonus to whoever gets the MVP. To, to Kuzma still on a rookie deal, that's something. I mean, it's not like crazy, but that's still something. Yeah. To us or to, to LeBron, I mean... Who's making, and we'll get into max contracts, but who's making like 30 plus million a year, you know, a couple of $30,000 worth of time. That's probably what he spent at All Star Weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's what he spent the night before while he was partying All Star
0: Weekend. Mean, what do you he's mean? He's made that since we started this podcast. I mean, he's seriously, yeah. he's through endorsements or whatever, he's made 35,000 while we've been talking, guaranteed.
1: But that that's why I think the draft does something because it gets a little more into the I, I almost the trash talking of it i don't i don't think players got into oh i want to make sure the east wins cuz we don't want to lose to the west there's a little bit but at the end of the day they don't really care that much i think when you start drafting players one you may you may get a guy who's drafted later than he thought he should so now he's going to come a little harder or if lebron took durant first overall now he needs to show why that why he's worthy of it. i i just think there was something to it plus i think the drafting's cool cuz it's just like it's like it's like they put the 30 best players in the NBA, put them out at a park, and right. now they're doing a pickup oh. game. Let's pick teams. Whose idea was that? Was that Silver's idea? I don't – Silver – it came to fruition when Silver was – G uh, became uh, commissioner, but I don't know if it was necessarily his idea. I love it, though. It's just another reason why Silver's the best G, best uh, commissioner hey, in sports. He's open to have these Have you things. heard
0: some people talking about they're trying to get him to go to the NFL? I, I think there's some serious talk about that, but he's not doing it, right?
1: It wasn't it, – Silver actually, I think it came up because Silver mentioned that yes, he's had multiple people reach out to him about being the NFL commissioner. And maybe someone kind of picked and prodded and tried to get it out of him. I don't know. But yeah, one, if I'm the NFL, I would definitely think about it because I think he's the best commissioner. But yeah, Silver ain't. there's He's not thinking about leaving the NBA for a second. The NBA right now is a cash cow. I mean, it. What? Well, between yeah. like how much it's it's a year round business nowadays. I know LJ hates it. We've talked about it, but with free agency and players moving, the NBA is always, if not the top story, one of it's the a, top stories. It's an international
0: game. game too, whereas football is not completely. You don't have the oh, CTE yeah. issues. I mean, it's basketball is where you need to be for sure.
1: Silver, Silver's Adam Silver's got a great seat, and he's not ready to leave anytime soon. And he's doing a fantastic doing a job. job. I think he again best commissioner in I all agree. sports. Completely. So I I will say. Speaking of uh, best all star games, and we'll move on. But I, this is probably a time where Uncle Tony should be on just for this topic, at least because I think one thing about the MLB all star game, and I've heard people's argument that maybe it could be up there, is a pitcher you can't really like t- take a little bit off. Uh, like a pitcher's throwing his stuff in an all star game. If you take a little bit off, all of a sudden now that ninety five is mile or hundred mile an hour, hour fastballs ninety three, that thing's getting jacked, and you're looking terrible. So those pitchers are still throwing the best stuff they got and the batters are still trying to – they don't want to get embarrassed. I do think you can't really take off an MLB All-Star game. They're probably still playing hard because the, they don't want to get embarrassed. So I do think this, the the level of play throughout the whole game is probably the best in MLB. But I think part of that comes to our – we're a little skewed because we I just don't watch baseball the same way right. I watch basketball, and I never played baseball the same way I played right. basketball. Right. So I'm going to be a little – I'm going to show a little bias towards basketball either way, but also – and we've lamented on this, but just the sheer athleticism you get to see in the NBA All Star Game is is fun. I don't you don't get to see that Giannis dunk very mm. many places, so that, that, yes, that's fun to watch.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad I got to see the, the weekend.
1: Now on to just. The NBA in general. The one thing about they've done is they've made this week a a long week of no basketball which I think is great for the players. They get a full week off and and get a big rest but it it leads us to a week of not much basketball to to consume but this is kind of the time come Thursday uh, this is when People really start if you haven't been following the NBA, you know, football's now over. You got into the All Star weekend a little bit. Now it's time to dig in. So I'm gonna ask you, as a guy who maybe didn't spend as much time watching the first bit of the uh the first half of the season or first two thirds of the season, what what's kind of what's something you've been looking at maybe that's going on in the NBA since you started watching that you have a question about or that you just, just Well, what, I mean I've thoughts? got several,
0: so I'll just I'll just start at the top. And and one thing that I was very interested in is is, you know, the three point shot is such a part of the game now. Um, I, I mean, you can't separate the three point shot from, from the NBA. It's, it's so integral to the game. So obviously, you get an extra point for a three point shot. So you're getting three points instead of two points. So a three-point shooter can shoot right. a lesser percentage and still be equal to uh, a guy that's shooting mainly two points. So and and obviously it's thirty-three and a third. If you're if you're shooting thirty-three percent from three-point, then you're equal to a guy that's shooting fifty percent from two-point range. But right, I, and you see some people with twenty-seven percent. I think Giannis they said was a 27, 28% percent three-point shooter somewhere in that range. What what is it? What is it where you just totally have the green light? And and the reason I thought about that is because I don't think you just say at 33 percent because and again, we talked about this once, I think, uh, here a while back on a three point shot. If you miss the rebound, typically is going to be a long rebound. So if you have some bigs underneath, or if the other team is really good at transition, you don't want to miss many three pointers because they get a long rebound, they get in transition very quickly. So, I, do you have thoughts as to what what is you know? Because I think Steve Kerr we said at one time was the best three point shooting percentage guy of all time at forty four percent. So if you are approaching forty, it, it's obviously worthwhile. Is there a number that you've seen that most guys have to hit to 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 be thought of as three point shooters?
1: Well, I. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure the analytics guys, and that's where you're dead on the game. And anybody who's been watching knows, yeah, the the, the three point shot is so much more prevalent. It's a huge part of the game now, and it's because guys like Daryl Morey at the Rockets went full analytic and just said the three pointers better than the two. We're only going to shoot layups and threes because that mid range game that Michael, Kobe, and Dirk, you know, made a living on. They're just they're they're saying I'd rather shoot. I'd rather James Harden go 38% and shoot 12 threes than go 50% from those mid-range shots and maybe on nights where he misses more. So you're right on that and I I, I don't know if an exact number or a roundabout way of saying when is a guy cuz like there's guys like even Draymond Green for the Warriors where teams like that's the best way to defend the Warriors is is you hope Draymond Green right. shoots threes. You that's that's what you're hoping for. But also like there's and we might get into him a little bit but like Nikola Jokic he shoots thirty percent from three pointer right now. Is that the guy at Denver? Yes, that's the big man at Denver. And then there's the that's like, a great passer. Yeah, okay. And compare him maybe Mark Gasol too. I'll, I'll say Mark Gasol. That's a center who shoots just over thirty percent from three. Now that's not like we said that's not that thirty three percent that makes it equal to fifty percent from two. But what that does is the fact that he can shoot and he has the green light to shoot. Now that if I'm Joel Embiid and I'm guarding Mark Gasol. I have to go out and defend him on the three point line because he has the green light. He will take it. He might only hit 30% of them, but he will take it and he'll hit some. So now you're dragging that big man out. And I think that's where, like, and a guy like Horford does the same thing is they just, even if they're not quite, you know, that 35, 38, 40%, the fact that they have the green light and they will hit three out of every 10, your big man has to go out there and can't log in the paint. And that leaves, so L- it opens the court open. up. It,
0: yeah it opens the lane so people can drive so now you can either hit your threes or you can back door and get a layup
1: and that's I and I don't even want uh, I I think I've heard someone maybe talk about this when we talked about NBA but it's all about that spacing Space. Yeah. Spacing. as as the great Doctor Liff would say it's all about the spacing and that's what those even if they're even if they're not quite thirty three percent or whatever. They are opening up space, and that's what the Bucs. And we'll get it. Let, let's get into some about the Bucks. You mentioned uh, Giannis and Kupo, and they're actually, I don't know, a lot of people may not realize this because I think the Warriors are the favorite to win the championship again. It's, I, I would almost go as far as say they're a lock. If you gave me a bet, say Warriors versus the field, I'm taking the Warriors. I'm still taking yep, them. Me but too. That being said, the best record in the NBA actually belongs to belongs the Milwaukee to the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually got to watch them live, and we saw them when they came to Dallas, and they were kind of resting some guys. But you saw in the All-Star game, Chris Middleton, who, I mean, yeah. was jacking up some threes. You and, were telling and me about him,
0: Kev. Yeah, and I hadn't seen him play till the All-Star game, and he looked good. Yeah,
1: I can see. He's a, he's a talent. And uh, that uh what the Bucks do, and they go right into what we're talking about, those big men in spacing, is Giannis, you mentioned it. He shoots – I have the numbers here. He shoots 22% from three. He really needs to find – if he ever finds it and by the way he shoots bad from 3 and he only takes uh two and a half a game that said in a game when it's all three point shooting nowadays he's still averaging 27 points almost 13 rebounds and uh six assists so he's having a hell of a year yeah, <laughs> no one's done 27 and 12 no one's done 27 and 12 since i think i looked it up uh like that's like karl malone numbers Twenty-seven and twelve, and Carmelo didn't put up six and do the things that Giannis can do as far as bringing the ball up the court. No, he so was that, not
0: bringing the ball. He had John Stockton to bring the ball up the court for him.
1: So if Giannis ever finds a three-point shot, if he can ever just get to thirty percent or hell thirty-three percent, the NBA is not going to have a clue what to do. I mean, I don't, I don't. Well, you can't guard look at that James guy. Harden
0: because James Harden. I don't know if he's quite as fast, but he's got that three-point shot, and he is he's physical enough. You know, and so Antetokounmpo, whatever I know. Boy, it's getting worse. It's getting right. worse. Giannis, Giannis is what? I mean, five, six inches taller. He's more athletic. Um, I, yeah, if he could develop a
1: shot, man, who knows? Game over. Well, Game and over. so, and you, we mentioned the spacing stuff, and that's what it's crazy. That's the only reason I'm a little hesitant. here's why I think the the only team that has a chance at beating the Warriors in a series is the Bucs. And here's my reasoning on that is I think Giannis is right at that point in his career. Kind of like if you remember that LeBron 2009 era before he left Cleveland, where all of a sudden I think LeBron realized, wait a minute, I can just dominate every single play of every single game the whole time. Like they're in their prime of their career. They don't get tired, you know, 28, 29. So they can play 40 plus minutes. And you'll see, you see it. If you watch Giannis, if you put a, a guy a little smaller, he almost will go a little shack on him. Like we watched that Mavericks game. That was when Barnes was still there. Barnes isn't a small guy, and he just backed him down and put him under the goal and dunked on him, almost shack like. And then if you put someone too big on him, he's going by you. And then they have the 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 group around him. It, they're not crazy stars. They don't have a, a nearly the big three that say the Heat had or no or they their shooters that the right? Warriors had. They're but shooters. they're shooters and they spread around, which is perfect for Giannis. And the reason I throw out – LeBron obviously didn't win when he was – back in 2009 when he was at his peak. He won – and maybe you would say his peak's the heat years. But LeBron didn't win those years because he didn't have the right guys running. But also, I don't think he had the right coach. Giannis is with Mike Budenholzer who – if you don't remember who that was, he was at Atlanta the few years Atlanta was the number one seed in the East and their star player was Al Horford and Teague and a bunch of guys you probably don't know because Budenholzer, he's he's a Popovich guy and he's a great coach and he does more with less. So all of a sudden you, you got, got it. one of the best coaches. I mean, he might not be Steve Kerr, but he's one of the best coaches. And he's implemented one of the best systems around, maybe maybe may, the best arguably player. the best player in the NBA. And if Giannis might have figured out I can just dominate everybody on the court. I just he's putting 27 and 12 and 6 right now. I can't wait to see him in the playoffs when all of a sudden he's playing right now minutes per game. He's playing 33 minutes a game. I bet in the playoffs he goes up to 40 plus minutes per game and I wouldn't be shocked. If we see a whole different if he realizes how good he is maybe he goes like 30 like the other night the game before all-star break he had 33 19 and 12 in an NBA wow. game that's wow. insane what if he what if he can do that for a series what if he goes like 30 20 and 10 for a series that's I don't know if it's possible but that's, I know, also I, I never fathomed that him. being possible but I also never fathomed we'd see uh a guy like Giannis, that's seven foot. He literally will take two steps for at half court and be at the rim. It's insane what he does. So I, I can't wait to watch them in the playoffs. Uh, you mentioned what, what was something else you had on on some of your notes going well, through. I know I got a sidetracked. I think, I sidetrack little I think bit. this
0: might be a quick thing, but I've been seeing a lot about Gordon Hayward, and you know, he it looked like he might have found a little bit of his flow in a, in a game or so, a week or two ago before the the uh, the All Star break. So my question to you really – I looked up. He's 6'8", 225. He usually plays a three of the four. What is his game? I can't remember. Is he kind of a face-the-basket kind of guy? He's not a back down. He, he's more of a three, isn't he? What, what is what is Gordon Hayward's game? So what is he trying to get back is my question.
1: I would put him as like a two or three. He's a, a, a very – Even two possibly? At, yeah. At at, at uh, Utah, which they had a really good system, he was a, a almost – The system was worked around him. He's a cerebral. He's a smart player, so he cuts really. I always thought Hayward was really good at getting. He one can just give him the ball and let him iso, and he's a he's a solid scorer. He has a good three, a very good three, a good mid range shot, can drive a little bit. But I thought what he was great at is he scores easy baskets, similar to like what Clay Thompson does, where he's just a good cutter and a good and a good enough shooter. He's just going to move around. He'll get. 10 to 12 points where he just easy points where he doesn't have to work for it. And then he can get the other 10 to 12 where you just, he's just better and you good offense beats good defense. I, he's a very good player. I think we're, we're kind of forgetting how good he was because it's been so long. It's, it's, been, it's a been a while since a year and a Utah. half now, obviously, year plus. So, yeah. And I, I, that's one thing that intrigues me about the Celtics going forward is if Gordon Hayward can get back to what he was, I, I mean, he carried Utah. He was Utah's, he was Utah's, best Utah's player. guy. He was the guy. And Utah, I mean, they lost to the Warriors in the second round, but they won a couple of games. They lost like four two a couple of years back. I mean, they weren't they weren't just total pushovers, and it was with Gordon Hayward as the star. Yeah, Mitchell. Wasn't and now, said right? Mitchell
0: was a rookie last year. No, yeah. Mitchell's right.
1: after. Right. So I I think if Hayward can get back to what he was, all of a sudden, you that means you're adding Hayward to a team that won. they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year without Kyrie and Hayward. Kyrie is Kyrie. He's back to being himself. Right. If you add Hayward into that mix. Tatum's really good. Horford's great. They're bringing Jalen Brown and Rozier and all those guys off the bench. They're, that's a good team. The thing is, I don't know if – it's. it seems like there's nights where, like you said, Hayward looks like he's back to that guy and he'll put up 25. And then there's nights where he looks like a shell of himself. And I just think that injury – I don't want to go back and look at it. We're not even going to put it in the show notes. If you want to go find it, you can go find it. It's still out there. I that injury it. that he had. I did look at it to see it. It's tough. It's tough to see. It's nasty. And a bone comes out. And I, I just take you back to – that same style of injury kind of happened differently, but that same style of in- injury happened to Paul George, and I think just finally this year we're seeing Paul George finally get back to who we remember in Indiana when he went toe to toe with LeBron. Last year Paul George was good, but he wasn't quite that guy, and now we're seeing he is putting up some insane numbers this year. Well, and yeah, that's a whole. Nother I think subject. it just takes a while. but and the only point is it that's been it's been like three years since Paul George got hurt in the USA game. Hayward's injury was just a year and a half ago. There's still, he might still be a year and a half away from the Gordon Hayward that we remember in Utah, or maybe not. I don't know. I just, I think right. mentally that injury takes, it's a hurdle to get over that it happens when it happens. I don't think there's a time table well, for when I'm it. I'm like happens.
0: you, Kev. I think if, if Hayward gets his game back, and I think there are some indications that he may be, if he gets his game back by by playoff time, I already think Boston's a good a good uh, possibility out of the East, but if Hayward plays his game, they could very, very yep. well be. Which while and so while we're on Boston, I had this question for you, and I don't know how you're. Is Kyrie Irving brilliant or a bonehead? I I, I really, you know, the Earth's flat. This bullshit like that. I mean, is it, <laughs> is he just trying to get a rise out of us? I think he's an intelligent guy, or is he really just a little off? I mean, what is your thought?
1: So. That's an interesting question and I think a lot of, there's there's many different answers to that. Uh I think almost I think Kyrie's really smart, but I think he's trying and maybe it maybe it's this is past tense. Maybe he was try maybe he was trying, but he was almost trying to be too smart, like sound smart and he was doing this like the flat earth and I'm going to stay woke and and all this he kept saying he there's an interview he had on uh First Take like way back when like it was his first year when he first got traded to uh, Boston. And he was like, I'm staying woke. And then he did this flat earth. And he's like, I'm not listening to what they tell me. And and, I, and don't get me wrong. Conspiracy Kevin can make a comeback. And I'm all about having some fun conspiracies. But he was doing this thing where he was just trying to sound smarter than you, almost in a condescending way. And I think he's kind of got off that a little bit. But then there's these weird stories about this offseason, did you hear about? He has some like Indian heritage, and he went up to like Utah or Wyoming. Yeah, he went with was the, who's the LeBron's
0: guy that the the
1: Brian Windhorst. Windhorst
0: went with him. When his mom? I did read this. His mom was half Sioux Indian, but she died when he was four, so he has definitely got Sioux Indian heritage. Right. And go ahead, but he did go with and so Windhorst. and he grew up, and
1: he grew up in like Brooklyn area in New York and all that. So. But he went with Windhorse and like did this like big tour and like stayed there on the on the I guess I don't know if you call it campgrounds, but on Indian grounds and and saw that those Sioux Indians and then like shook all their hands. And apparently it was a really cool thing. And Windhorse talked about it and wrote about it. And it's a really cool article if you can go find it. But that's that gets me to think, I think Kyrie's this really, really interesting guy. And I do think he's really smart. I, hopefully, I think at one point he was trying to be too smart and trying to sound too too woke and all this stuff. And I think he's a really interesting guy and really smart. and I, He's kind of got off this flat Earth thing, which I think is a good thing.
0: But. I, I'm leaning the same way. I'm, he and and maybe this is exactly what he's trying to do, but he intrigues me because he is a one hell of a basketball player. You know, it's been a while since uh, I guess it was with Cleveland when I was watch, was watching him so much how he finishes. He Finishes. He gets the ball in the hole for a
1: guy. For a guy six one or six two to finish the way he does around the rim, as, it is incredible because as as he's not anybody, like LeBron Duncan on as
0: good you. as anybody I've ever seen. He can finish and get that ball in the hole. So great player. You know
1: what I think? What I think kind of happened uh, a little bit about I think Kyrie's maturation came early, like with LeBron coming to coming back to Cleveland when Kyrie was just like twenty one, and then if you remember that. The best One of the best series I can remember watching is that series where Cleveland came back from the Mm -hmm. 3-1 deficit against the Warriors. And if you remember now, Kyrie gets a lot of credit. LeBron and Kyrie were both in those final three games. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And LeBron was putting up stupid numbers. But Kyrie's the guy a lot of times towards the end of games hitting those big threes. And there's one in particular in game seven where he hit pretty much the the dagger three. I
0: can see it in my mind right now, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was about to say most most uh NBA fans are watching the three. They can replay it in their head. It was, it was a beautiful shot. And I think almost at that point, Kyrie as as an NBA player and leader and what he thought he of himself as, he he wanted to grow up and be like LeBron. He was he saw what LeBron was about the greatest player and all this. He's really smart and ahead of his time as far as player empowerment. I think Kyrie was like, I'm that same way. And he was only 22 years old and he forced his way to Cleveland. And that's why I think it's interesting you hear some of the quotes now. like He forced his way to Cleveland and then did the whole flat earth thing and the whole stay woke. And then now you hear him this year. He talked about he called LeBron and apologized to him and he's trying to be a better leader and even possibly teaming back up with LeBron. Who knows? I think... Maybe he realized I kind of got a little loosey goosey there for a couple of years, and I should have probably. I bet. I wonder if he regrets leaving LeBron at any point. Like you left the best player in the NBA. I, I, don't, hey, know. I don't know. He's got a. He's got a, he's got a pretty
0: good gig at Boston. I mean, I the talent Boston has there, you got to like that. And I think if you get an opportunity to go play basketball at, at Boston, you probably got to check it out. That's a great basketball city. That
1: can we can we touch on this too real mm-hmm. quick? And uh, we um. It was, it would happen a little, uh, this came back up over all-star break. It's going to come back up over the whole course of the season. But this whole thing that Anthony Davis came out recently and said that he'd never said Boston was not on his list. That was something his dad said. And he didn't like implicate his dad or say anything bad about his dad. He just said, someone asked about it and he was like, Um, I never said that. Anthony Davis never said Boston's not on the list. But then he went out and said all 29 teams are on the list. He really kind of – I thought – he sounded goofy. Whoever's working with him uh, on how to handle the media probably should work with him a little harder because he sounded (laughs) like he wasn't quite ready. (laughs) But I just thought that whole thing about him not going to Boston or Boston wasn't on his list was absurd because, like you said, one – To go be a star in Boston, I know it it might not be weather-wise. It might not be the same as like going to Los Angeles. But we've seen what a star in Boston, that elevates you to a level of, one, their fans are great, but – it's not like you can't be be a star. One of the, maybe the second biggest name in all of sports right now, he's arguably the first. I think first is probably LeBron. Is Tom Brady might be second. He plays in Boston. And then we look at what Larry Bird. He played his whole career in Boston and he's still revered as one of the best NBA players of all time.
0: Hey, Kevin, if I was a great basketball player, I, I mean, you know, I've I've only been I don't know if I've ever been to LA actually, but you know, I've been through California and I do like it, but if, if you can't tell me if you're a good basketball player and you get a chance to go to Boston and play, you wouldn't do it. I mean, that's, I, I would in a second, in a heartbeat. Well,
1: and then, so not only that, I think Boston's a great town to play in, and the garden is a historic venue, but the Boston Garden, but also look at who the organization like this is, Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans because they've been unable to put the right team around him and he feels like he's wasting his time. If there's anything, Danny Ainge and Bo, maybe they've shown you there a little disloyal with the Isaiah Thomas trade, but they've shown you they are smart when it comes to pit trades that Isaiah Thomas say what you will. And I understand it seems a little crappy that they traded him while it was maybe played him through an injury then trade him while he's hurt, but they did it for Kyrie Irving. And obviously if from what you haven't even Isaiah Thomas is now, I think he's finally going to play this year, but we really haven't seen the Isaiah Thomas that we thought was Isaiah Thomas since that trade. And Kyrie Irving has been Kyrie Irving as good as advertised every, every night. Yeah. Yeah. So that trade was brilliant. We're also Danny Ainge is the same guy that drafted Jalen Brown, who's a good young mm-hmm. star. Uh, got Al Horford on a decent contract. Got uh, Gordon Hayward to come over for that injury. That was a, a big signing. Oh, and by the way, drafted
0: Jason Tatum,
1: tr- got two teams. Got two teams. He was number one overall and traded down to number three. Still got Jason Tatum uh, when the guy that the team that traded up got Markel Fultz, who, who they, who's gone. Yeah, who's traded? And Jason Tatum looks like a. We just saw it in the Skills Challenge and in the last year's playoffs. Looks like a star in the making. Look, so it's a good city, and that GM is really smart. Why the hell wouldn't that team be on your list? And so,
0: one other thing I wanted to add is, so you said any any list of the best GMs, Danny Ainge is going to be said pretty quickly, right? Best best yes. coaches in yes. the NBA. How how long do you think you're going to go tell Brad, Brad Stevens? Said comes up uh,
1: two. Three you might maybe. mention you might mention a name you first. You might mention Kerr, you, maybe you Steve might mention Kerr first, Popovich, but, that's but I mean Brad
0: Stevens, I'm telling you he's gonna be in the top three, four names. It's right so, there. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's some horse shit.
1: <laughs> and Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving is a 28-year-old guard who's an I mean MVP caliber. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know. I just thought that was I thought that was absurd that someone said that and that his dad came out and people believed that. I was like, I guarantee you, if Boston trades for him. He, he's not upset Mm-mm. at he, all. If he is, he's not smart. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I got two
0: things more to ask you uh, before we yeah. get out of here. Go One, ahead. One, and I'll say I'm gonna, I want to talk about Supermax contracts in a minute, but first, while we're in the East, Philly. So, Philly got Tobias Harris. They got segue. Jimmy Butler. They've got Joel Embiid. They've got Ben, I don't know how to shoot outside the paint, Simmons. Simmons. Um, they got J.J. Reddick. I mean, they've got a hell of a – is there enough basketballs is there enough shots to go around for all those guys or are they are they are they angling to a trade I mean they've got they got too much they got too much talent right now on the team but it's not the right mix so I I think they're jockeying to make a move in the offseason probably I wonder what your thoughts were on that
1: Well that's interesting I think so we if you rewind back to the beginning of this season you had Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And even go back to the offseason and last year. I, I think it's, it was clear going dating back to last year. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are definitely two cornerstones. You can build a franchise around those two guys. I we mentioned Giannis needs to gain a three. Simmons, you're right. He doesn't shoot outside of the the paint. And if he ever can gain a three pointer, he's gonna be tough because he's already he's tough to handle right now and he literally will not will shoot, not shoot right. a three pointer. I think he shot one, I think he's only shot like two in his two NBA in his career, career yeah, one or two. Yeah. So, that obviously and he's still and that being said, teams don't even guard him and he's still tough to handle on a nightly basis. So, those two guys you can build around. So I, and then they wanted to sign the head cap space because Ben Simmons is still on that rookie deal and this offseason they they wanted to go sign a star to play with those two guys. And they tried to get a meeting with Paul George and LeBron James. Those were the two big free agents. And Phillies, a good sports town, you would think. They have two good young stars. They thought, yeah, why wouldn't a guy want to come team up with these guys? LeBron technically, I guess, set up a meeting with them, but it was Rich Paul got a meeting with the 76ers. LeBron didn't even show up. I don't think LeBron ever thought about the Sixers. And then Paul George never even met with the 76ers. Now Paul George never even met with the Lakers either he stayed at OKC but I think that was kind of the 76ers way of realizing okay we need to we need to get some guys around these stars now because if we've learned anything with the new NBA is if you have a young star and don't get a team around them quick they will leave i.e Anthony Davis or LeBron or just name name the, name the next star right. that's going to demand a trade yeah so I think they realize guys aren't signing here for whatever reason so we need to go trade for a guy to at least get him in here Kind of like OKC deal with Paul George. And then once he gets in here and we have time to kind of recruit him in building and he gets to play with Ben Simmons and realizes how fun maybe Ben Simmons is to play with or Embiid is as a teammate, they'll they'll come. So they traded for Jimmy Butler. I thought was a good trade. I, I think he's a good player. Then at offseason, like you said, they trade for Tobias Harris. And now all of a sudden you got four guys who kind of need the right, ball in their right. hand to score. I mean, the only thing – Butler and Harris make sense to me because they can shoot and they can create off the ball. But Simmons, he pretty much—if you put him in the corner, he's just a wasted space. He won't shoot because he won't shoot it, like we mentioned. And I think that team could be really good. One thing that's really intriguing to about that team, and you mentioned this with that starting lineup, I went and looked up all their heights. Ben Simmons plays point guard for him. Ben Simmons is six foot ten. JJ Redick plays the two. He's six four. A great three point shooter, not a little bit of a liability. He's definitely a liability on defense. But what he does for your offense on defense, just or what he does for your offense. Mm -hmm with his shooting no in the spacing is big time. And then you have Butler and Tobias Harris who are both six foot eight, can switch the the small forward and power forward. And we talked about this last playoffs and a, a wing that can switch and play that de- that style of defense is today's game, especially with small ball. And then if they want to go big, they got a guy, Joel Embiid might be the best center in the game. And might, you play. I mean, he's, if he stays healthy, he's arguably up there for, like, we talk about Giannis and, and James Harden. I, there's nights where I watch Joel Embiid and think he's unstoppable. I mean, he is Shaq with a three-point shot and, and a handle. And so that team does scare me. I think they could be really good. But at the same time, that's also – they're going to be – I think that what I, the reason I don't think they'll end up working out is they basically need Tobias Harris to be a stretch four that shoots, maybe every now and then creates, but a lot of times he's just shooting threes which he can shoot, I think he's like 39 or 40% from three. So he can do that just fine. But they need Butler to almost be that glue guy and be their Marcus Smart, Draymond Green. Probably Draymond Green's more, a better comparison. But a guy who will guard the best player on the floor and get eight rebounds, hustle. But that means you're asking a guy who we've already seen thinks he's an alpha dog. I go back to his Minnesota days where he completely... Uh, who, Butler? Took, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go back to where he, he turned that whole locker room against him. And... He clearly thinks he's an alpha dog. Oh, and by the way, he's on a he's on the final year of his contract and he's wanting to cash in. He's wanting to get a max deal, which means he wants to play big and put up numbers.
0: Means he wants shots and numbers, yes.
1: So you're telling me if, if they can convince him that hey, just come be, just be that guy, be that glue guy. We'll win a championship and we'll max you out this offseason. Sure, yeah. but that's Jimmy a lot you're Butler, asking.
0: Glue guy, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing yeah. that happen.
1: You're asking the same guy that completely threw two stars in Minnesota under or two young rising stars under the bus in Minnesota to get his way out of there. Now you want him to come be your glue guy of the locker room? I just don't see it. Not happening. So I I don't so, know. I think what I think the trade for DeBias Harris was basically they're hedging their bets if and when Jimmy Butler leaves this off season, they at least still have a third star or a third viable player to put around Simmons and Embiid. That's what I think happened. Now that said, we mentioned it that starting lineup. Now if you're the fourth quarter, four minutes left, they roll out that that five against any five. I think is tough if they play good. I mean that's. At every position, they have someone very, very good and as good as anyone they'll play. Now, their bench is pretty bad. There's not a whole lot on their bench. Well, there
0: can't be much, but I'm like you. I think you've made a very good point. Probably for a quarter, that lineup, will, I'd put them up against anybody. For a game or a playoff series, they're going to implode. Something's going to happen. I just can't see them keeping it together for a playoff series, those, well, and, those five guys.
1: And that's the thing, like we talked about, Jimmy Butler really needs to be that Draymond Green. What Draymond Green is for the Warriors is he's a guy he's probably only going to take seven or eight shots, score ten points, ten rebounds, five or six assists, you know, a couple blocks. But he knows, he already knows if I do this, if I play this style of basketball, not only can we win a championship, we might be able to sweep the whole – like they went, what, 20-1 and last year in the playoffs. They only lost one playoff game, all playoffs, and it was – uh, I think in the East Western or no, they they lost a couple of games to the Rockets. I got that wrong. But they, Draymond Green knows if he just be if he's that glue guy, they can win championships and multiple championships. You're at, and you're asking Butler to be that guy without even the promise of a championship. He doesn't even know if he can win a championship this way. I just it's yeah. it's tough to do. It's just tough to do and that locker room clearly his, isn't the same as the Warriors. For so.
0: his career Kevin, I was looking so Jimmy Butler is career average 15 shots a game. Tobias Harris 15.1 shots per game. Ben Simmons only 11.8, but you know, he doesn't shoot yeah. much. Joel Embiid 18.6, Redick 13.7. I mean, that's 74 uh seventy four shots a game, I think the average uh shots put up per game is around ninety. So there's just there's just not that many shots left over.
1: Well yeah, and part of that is Tobias Harris played on the Clippers where there was no one around him. He where had he probably, he probably had took to more shoot. shots than he should have. So Probably I think so. he could fit into that offense fine. I just think it's Jimmy Butler. Where does Jimmy Butler fit in that offense? Does Jimmy Butler want to – it really comes down to does Jimmy Butler see the image the team has or does he see the image that Jimmy Butler has and that's money signs. Hey, Jimmy I Butler lean
0: towards will society. be playing for another team next year. That's that, You heard so. it here first. That's my thought.
1: <laughs> so I, we'll see what the Sixers do. Um, what What's something else before we get out of here? Last you, thing. Yeah, last thing.
0: Tell me a little bit about the max, and I don't. I don't know how long this is. The max and the super And I read somewhere, like to be a super you have to make the last three all star teams, or be defensive player of the year, or, or MVP of the league, and you can like allocate thirty some odd percent of your salary to them. So how is that different? You know, give me some of that, and what's the difference between that and a max contract?
1: So the super was made in order to try to keep guys. It, it was kind of the to keep guys to stay with their team, like where Kevin Durant left the Warriors or left the Thunder, you basically when you when you draft a guy when a team like whoever gets on Williamson, you almost always have you basically have that player for at least eight years because you have them for their first four years, and then you're the first team that can offer them that max contract after their rookie deals up. Now, if if a guy we we talked about this, we won't get too deep into it with like Porzingis may take the. After their rookie deal's up, they can take a restricted free agency where they can sign a qualifying offer of like $5 million, or they can go out and try to shop for the max. But the team that drafted them can match. They have the rights to them and restricted free agency. They can match any offer. So, Okay. At, and most guys after that rookie deal, they're ready to make that big money. I mean, you're telling a guy that has never made like $10 million plus, to turn down twenty plus million dollars to come back for five and maybe get hurt. You know, so usually in all intents and purposes, if you go back to history, you draft a guy, you get him for eight years. But after that eight years, now before, any team could offer you the max contract. So there wasn't much of a reason to stay at the th- like there wasn't reason to stay at the Thunder over go to the Warriors because they were offering similar numbers. Same money, same money. That's why they introduced the Supermax deal. And the Supermax deal is the only players that qualified are a player that has played at least 7 years in the NBA with the same team unless they were traded like James Harden was then they didn't have a they didn't move on purpose they were just traded and they okay. still qualify and then they also in addition to that they must be named to one of the following either an all NBA first, second or third team the season prior to free agency or they could have been named defensive player of the year the season prior to free agency which is what Draymond Green's probably going for this year in Golden State and then or they could have been named NBA MVP in one of the prior three seasons, and that but, okay. if they go ahead.
0: Well, yeah. My question is: so Draymond Green's kind of trying for that, but the supermax is thirty five percent, I believe, of of the salary cap. So I guess KD's probably. I don't know what he's on a one year deal now. I think right. Yeah. So so you got a supermax with Curry. You're going to tell me you're going to have a supermax, maybe with Draymond Green. There's seventy percent of your payrolls gone. So now what about Clay? I mean, you you can you could. You that's
1: why that's why Clay's probably. I I would think if you're going to choose one of the other Clay or Draymond, they're probably choosing Clay. And that's what's interesting. Clay did not make an All NBA team last year, so he needs to make All NBA first, second, or third to even qualify for the Supermax. So if he does say he does make All NBA third team and qualifies for the Supermax, this is why some people think he could go to LA because if he qualifies, he might want to cash in, just like Curry. Curry got his money. He got the Supermax deal. Durant's been signing for a little bit less to play with the Warriors, but Curry took his money. I bet Clay Thompson, I mean, I think he's a great teammate and a good locker room guy, but at the end of the day, he's probably like, "All right, I was here. I helped build this this Warriors dynasty, and he uh, it's did. time for me to get mine." And he did. Rightfully so, if he says that he's right. So I think he would want his money. But and then as another part of the Supermax is they also with bird rights, the, the what could maybe keep them to stay with that current team is on top of the Supermax. There's a bird rights that allows the team that if you stay with the team you're at, they can offer you an annual eight percent increase each year on your salary. So that would say James Harden stay here at Houston instead of go somewhere else because not only which I think and this is where we get a little bit confused. I think once you qualify for the Supermax, anybody can offer you the Supermax. I don't know if it has to be that same team or not. That that part confuses me. Okay.
0: I'd have to yeah, because I thought it was to keep the guy with the team he's with. So yeah,
1: so I think so I think Durant can sign a supermax with Golden State, but he can't sign a supermax if he leaves to go to uh New York or wherever. New York. He can sign a max, which a max is once you've reached 10 plus years. So let's get into a max deal. Yeah, what's a max a max a max contract is just this. If if you're zero between year one and year six in the NBA, if you've had at least six or under years you can get 25% of the salary cap. If you're seven to nine years in the NBA, you can get 30% of the salary cap. And anybody who's a 10-year-plus veteran gets 35%. So... Kevin Durant – so that's what – okay, yeah, I, I, I circle back to where my original point was. Okay. Kevin Durant and LeBron can get super maxes at any point now because they're t- they're veterans. They're, they've been in the NBA they've a 10 long year time. They're 10-year
0: veterans. Okay.
1: But where, the reason the super max is keeping James Harden, say, is because he's in – usually you're in year eight after that first max contract goes off. So now he can only – if he leaves teams, he can only get 30% – I say only. He can only get 30% <laughs> of a team's salary cap, which is – this past year would have been—I have that written down—ninety million, in.
0: wasn't it, or ninety-six?
1: James Harden, if he leaves after—if he leaves after year eight, he can get thirty percent of the salary cap. But if he stays with his team, that same team, that like the Rockets, could offer him the supermax, which is thirty-five percent of the salary cap and, and an five percent points. Might not raise. Sound, yeah, and the eight percent annual raise. So that might not sound like a whole lot five percent at the time, but when you start talking the, the millions they're making five and eight percent, all of a sudden there's there's a good reason to stay at Houston if you're James Harden. So the pro, this is what's interesting to me, Dad, and the pro is it, of the Supermax is a, a team can keep a guy, a young guy who's still in their prime on their on their team for a longer time. So like James Harden, for example. He recently just signed an extension, $131 million extension. So now he's locked in for the next three years at $40 million, $43 million, and $46 million. So tons of money, first off. But the Rockets lock him in, and that's what you want to do. If you have a guy who's 29 years old, 28, still in his prime, you want to try to lock that guy in sure. for four years. Sure. Now, the con of it is... You sometimes can overpay a guy who once you give him that supermax, if all of a sudden he falls off and he's not quite worth because really uh, John Wall, right? I, and yeah, exactly. We'll get into it. I, I would say on the supermax, they need to make more stipulations to it. I don't think it needs to be just an all NBA team, first, second, or third, because that gets teams in trouble. Because really, the there's only probably five guys in the NBA that deserve to that should really be able to take that much. Salary cap up. I mean, John Wall should not be getting paid the same thing James Harden should, or LeBron, or Giannis, or Steph. Any of these guys, just name off. And the, so now let's get into what happened with John Wall. He became a free agent last year. They, the Wizards, could offer him the Supermax deal, which no—he's only been in the league for I think eight years, so no other team could offer him that Supermax deal. And so the, the Wizards, there, they—they couldn't lose one of their stars for nothing, so they offered him the Supermax deal which gave him, uh, now walked in for the next three years, similar to Harden, forty, forty-three, dollars 43 dollars and $46 million. And then a, uh, th- that $46 million is only if he decides to exercise his player option, which is his choice. I'm gonna go ahead, kind of like you broke the news about Jimmy Butler uh, leaving <laughs> yeah. Philly. I'm gonna say John Wall is gonna take that player option for 46 million. And if you, we talked about this, I think off the air, but NBA contracts are guaranteed, so he is guaranteed that money. So and Washington, he's now they're just stuck with him, right? I mean, because yeah, because if you're a guy, like Harden or, or John's John Wall has now he he had a little bit of he was already having a little bit of down year. It looked like he may have gained a little bit of weight. And then he tore his Achilles. He got hurt and was going to miss the rest of the season. And then randomly, a couple of weeks ago, he tore his Achilles supposedly at at home. home. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that, first off. Just throwing this out conspiracy, Kevin, here. I'm I'm not near – this guy is making hundreds of millions of dollars because of his athleticism. And you're saying he tore his Achilles at home where I – don't get paid quite that much for my athleticism, and I don't think I'm tearing my Achilles at home. Boy. You know, I'm maybe playing basketball or at the gym, and and maybe he's doing something he shouldn't have been doing if he's been hurt. But either way, mm. that takes it down the wrong road. But now he's a guy at, at 29 years old. He's coming off. Uh, a toe injury or a a heel injury that missed the season and now an Achilles injury and he's getting paid as we mentioned 40 plus million the next three years and so the reason he's untradeable the
0: reason they gave him that contract is he was a free agent he would have walked they would have got nothing for him right right right. I don't know I I hear you that's a tough situation to be in
1: the Wizards really had no better option I don't think you can let him walk but that so that that's why I think really the, the Supermax needs to, and the only reason he was able to get the Supermax is because last offseason he made he made third team All NBA last year. So he so he was that what that's what made him vaulted him available for the supermax, which is the thirty-five percent. But
0: so but they, if maybe you make that they could have matched, right? He if somebody gave him a max contract, nobody they could have only another team could have only offered him a max contract, right? And, right, and right. Washington
1: had the option to match that. With Birdwright. So it's still more but at once he once he became eligible for the Supermax, he wanted the Supermax. He's a guy who wants I, his I, money. You want a lot of shit, but you can't just get it. I mean, I, I'm thinking Washington kind of
0: blew that, though. I mean, I understand he wanted it. Maybe. I understand they wanted to keep him. I understand he probably showed a little more promise two years ago or whenever this happened than he's showing right now. But I think you let him try the market out and you match the offer. If, and with the yeah, 8% raise, I, I just – I don't know. I think that's what you, what I would have done.
1: Interesting on John Wall's thing. We talked about, one, he gets that $46 million as a player option, which I don't know why a team would even give a player option for that. But also, he got a – I don't know how he got this into the contract. He has a trade kicker in the contract to where if the Wizards can somehow find a team that's willing to take on that contract, he also then gets a 15% increase annual salary for each year remaining on his deal. So – I don't know how that worked. That just is another reason. One, you're trading for a guy getting $43 million, and then you're going to have to add 15% on top of that if you trade for him. 15% and of that's $40, 40 million is a lot of money. <laughs> and Man. Rich Paul has been getting a lot of crap for the way that he's handled the Anthony Davis thing. Rich Paul took care of his boy John Wall. We'll just leave that there because mm-hmm. he took care of his boy Jay Wall. So there's a reason why a lot of guys are going over to cut sports. Mm-hmm. It's not just because it's LeBron's friend. I think he is a good a good Must agent. A He's getting his agent. guys paid. Wow, so.
0: no doubt. Okay,
1: well that helps. The, the last thing I want to I want to so you had me when you sent me some of this before we talked a little before recording about just uh, CBA stuff and max contracts. And by the way, anyone who's still listening to us that that let us that listened to some CBA, this got a little nerdy. And if you're not a big NBA guy, it's probably been boring for you. Appreciate you sticking around. For anybody that has. But uh, a CBA nugget that I I found that was really interesting was the NBA recently changed. They used to have a rule called the over 36 rule. And uh, previously, when this rule was intact, players couldn't sign a five-year contract that extended past their age 36 season. That's why it's called the over 36 rule. And this rule was designed to keep bad management and dumb owners from extending a guy that's going to like, you don't want to sit it wouldn't let you extend a guy who's going to go way past his prime. So like into 37, 38, 39, because you don't want to have a guy like maybe John Wall, where he's completely irrelevant, but still paying him $40 million. So they made this over 36 rule. They recently uh, changed it to the over 38 rule, which is the same rule. They just made it age 38. The only reason that's interesting to me is CP3 is the Chris Paul is the president of the players union and it was very prominent in the negotiations to have this move. The cutoff age move to 38. Then the summer following that rule change, Chris Paul, an unrestricted free agent for the Houston Rockets, signed a four year extension for the Supermax $160 million, which will go into his age 37 season. Mm. So did Chris Paul negotiate this just for himself or was this for all of the NBA? It just I found that really interesting that the the president of the players union got this rule changed right before it would behoove his uh, free agency. Mm. I thought that was funny. How what a koinky dink that was. How fortuitous of <laughs> yes, old CP3. No doubt. Mm.
0: Uh
1: so going forward with the NBA, uh, I don't know what we'll see. Uh I think the Warriors are the favorite, like we said. I can't wait to watch Yannish. I think the, the 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 what I'm looking for the most come down the stretch and into the playoffs is really what happens in, in the, the East. East. I'm the and it's the funny playoffs in the East, yeah. You know, it's funny Lebron Lebron chose to go to Lakers, and we haven't even mentioned the Lakers, which I think they get mentioned at nauseum just in NBA talk. So, and they're they're really not worth it right now. But what's the most interesting is the East playoffs, and it's those top four teams, whether it be the the Bucks. The, or Raptors, the Raptors, Philly,
0: or Boston, right?
1: This and, and the reason I find it so interesting is, one, I think any of those four can make it. And two, I think what happens looms a lot for what you see for the future of the Eastern Conference. Because... If the Sixers go on to the finals and maybe give the Warriors run for their money, maybe Butler and Tobias Harris and that whole team goes, We can do this. This this group right here can do it. Let's all stick together. Maybe even take pay cuts, whatever. If they flail out and lose in the second round, which since there's four teams, one of those teams are gonna lose two of those teams will lose in right. the second round. If the if the Sixers lose in the second round, I think Butler is, like you said, gone as soon as the the whistle blows for that last that <laughs> Final quarter,
0: it'd be like those guys at Arizona, like them. Remember, the the sweat hadn't even dried. They're yeah. like, "I'm going, I'm going somewhere
1: else." Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going pro. I'm <laughs> going pro. <laughs> um, the same goes, I think, for I don't think we the, Toronto traded for Kawhi Leonard, and knowing that he's in the final year of his deal, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, he can go wherever he wants. And they're hoping that they can convince him to stay if the Raptors say win the East or go to the finals. Maybe that's enough to convince Kawhi to stay if they lose in the second round. Maybe that's what convinces Kawhi that, all right, peace out, Toronto. It's been fun being in Canada for a year, but I'm going to go to L.A. or whatever. And then same goes for, I think, the the Celtics. If the Celtics get bounced early and Gordon Hayward doesn't become that guy that we think he is, does Kyrie Irving decide that he wants to go to New York with Kevin Durant or maybe L.A. with, with his old teammate LeBron? I don't know. I, Kyrie's made it clear that he's not completely locked into the Celtics long-term. And then the final one is the Bucs, and I think Giannis is interesting because this team, after this year, what they'll have to do is they'll have to re-sign like Chris Middleton and some other guys, and to do that they're going to have to go in the luxury tax, which means you're asking a small market team in Milwaukee to pay up some luxury tax fees that teams like the Lakers and the Warriors in these, these bigger markets and the Knicks would be willing to do because they just make more money year to year. And maybe if the Bucs decide that they're not willing to go to the luxury tax, and maybe – I think if they go to the finals and they give the Warriors run for the money, that ownership goes, yeah, we're willing to pay that money because sure. this team's good right. enough. But if they were to lose in the second round, maybe they decide it's not worth going to the luxury tax. And I think that would be enough for Giannis to go, y'all aren't enough – I mean, this ain't even star guys, and you can't keep these guys around. That means you'll never keep the guys around me. And that might be why he – because he's a free agent in two years. And I I just think what happens this year in the Eastern playoffs yes. – is basically going to set the future for what happens. I think there's going to be a domino effect that goes forward because two of these teams are going to get bounced in the second round and only one of these teams can make it to the finals. And we say all of that to say whichever team – I think whichever team makes it to the finals gets beat by the Warriors in five games at the most. Yeah, so
0: Probably so. Well, We'll see what happens. Yeah, the fun's going to be the East. But. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, most def. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the NBA. I'm pumped. I'm – I've been watching. I've always pumped about the NBA, so I can't wait, but it'll be fun. Watch going forward. And then the MVP race will be great. See what happens there. Uh, and we'll, we'll continue to talk about this going Gosh, forward. Yeah. And next week we'll be back.
0: There's some stuff on college basketball we we'll want next to talk to you to about. Talk. We'll talk about
1: that next week. We're uh, we're almost into it. We are going to wrap up this tonight and actually go catch – we're recording this on Wednesday so, or Tuesday. So I'm going to go catch the second half of the Duke-North Carolina game, a little Zion Williamson. I'm sure there's some talk later. We'll have this offseason or this – and in the coming weeks of Zion at Duke and Zion going pro and all that. So we'll get into that with LJ later and then March Madness. It's right around the corner, baby, the best time of the year. So there's a lot going on. A lot lot of hoops coming up. A lot of hoops. And and the Oscars are coming up, baby. So right. uh, we love some movies. So we'll talk some movies when LJ comes back. It will be a lot of fun. But uh I appreciate you uh jumping on with me again. Pops having some talking. Fun time. And, uh, Thanks. All the listener, all the listeners out there, we appreciate you sticking around. And we'll be back next week with LJ with the normal pod. So uh stay tuned for that. And uh make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Peace out. Peace.